stones of her patio, wearing only a nightshirt already soaked through from the thin spring rain. Her face was wet and she tasted the salt of her own tears. Screams echoed in her head, but she didn't know if they were her own or those of the child she couldn't forget. Shivering, she rolled onto her back so the rain could cool her cheeks and wash the tears away. The episodes, spells her mother always called them, often left her weak and queasy. There had been a time she'd been able to fight them off before they swamped her. It had either been that or the shocking sting of her father's belt. Still shivering, Tori went into the bath, stripped, and turning the shower hot, stepped under the spray. I can't help you, she murmured, closing her eyes. I couldn't help you then. I can't help you now. Her best friend, her sister of the heart, had died that night in the swamp while she'd been locked in her room, sobbing over the latest beating. And she had known. She had seen. She had been helpless. Guilt, as fresh as it had been eighteen years before, swarmed through her. I can't help you, she said again, but I'm coming back. Tori headed west out of Charleston, then dipped south to begin her planned circle of the state before landing in progress. The list of artists and craftsmen she intended to visit was neatly typed in her new briefcase. Directions for each were included, and it meant taking a number of back roads, time-consuming but necessary. At the end of a week, Tori was exhausted, several hundred dollars poorer thanks to a cracked radiator, and ready to call an end to her travels. The replacement radiator meant she had to postpone her arrival in progress until the following morning, and make do for a night with the dubious comfort of a motel off Route 9 outside of Chester. Only one night, she reminded herself as she eyed the dingy green cover on the bed. For pocket change, it offered the questionable delights of magic fingers. She decided to pass. Without even taking off her shoes, she lay down on the spread and closed her eyes. Bodies in motion slicked with sweat. Baby, yeah, baby, give it to me, harder. A woman weeping, pain rolling through her hot as lava. Oh, God, God, what am I going to do? Where can I go? Any place but back. Please don't let him find me. Scattered thoughts and fumbling hands, all panicked excitement and raging guilt. What if I get pregnant? My mother will kill me. Images, thoughts, voices washed over her in waves of shapes and sounds. Leave me alone, she demanded. Just leave me alone. With her eyes still shut, Tori imagined a wall, thick and high and white. She built it brick by brick until it stood between her and all the memories left hanging in the room like smoke. Behind the wall was all cool, clear blue, water to float in, to sink in, and finally to sleep in. The fields began to roll, gentle ripples on the earth covered with the tender green of growing things. She recognized the row crops, soybeans, tobacco, cotton, the delicate shoots. On the west edge of progress, some of the farms and fields had given way to homes, tidy developments with yards kept green and lush with underground sprinklers. It all seemed prettier, cleaner, fresher than she remembered. She wondered how much would turn out to be the same under that new coat of varnish. As she turned on to market, she was ridiculously pleased to see Hanson's was still standing, still wore the same battered old sign, and its front window remained patchworked with flyers and billboards. The sweet childhood taste of grape knee-high immediately filled her mouth, her throat, and made her smile. The beauty salon had changed hands, she noted. Lou's beauty shop was now called Hair Today.
But the Market Street Diner stood where it had always stood, and it seemed to her the same old men wearing the same overalls were loitering outside to gossip. She climbed out of the car and stepped into the thick midday heat. In a town of less than 6,000, it was hard to walk two blocks without running into someone you knew. It didn't matter if you'd been away 16 years or 60. When she stepped into the realtor's office, there was only one person manning a desk. The woman was pretty, petite, and polished. Her long blonde hair was swept back from a heart-shaped face dominated by big baby blue eyes. Afternoon, the woman fluttered her lashes, set aside a paperback novel with a bare-chested pirate on the cover. Can I help you? Lissy Harlow. Lissy cocked her head. Do I know you? Why, I'm so sorry, I just don't... Those blue eyes widened. Tori! Tori Bodine, for heaven's sakes! She gave a little squeal and hauled herself to her feet. She looked to be about six months pregnant from the bulge under the pale pink shirt. The whole town's talking about your shop. I can't...